Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 16 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have my good friend Ryan Lee. Um, he is joining me, and we actually had a great conversation Um I think we talked basically two-thirds music and one-third podcasting, so we had a good time. Uh, we also touched on, um, well, that was pretty much it, music, music and podcasting, but we also talked t- touched on his new venture, which is Rondak Chairs, um, and we went in a little bit on a couple other topics, but we had an overall pretty good show. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, hope you enjoy episode 16 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 16 of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, today, uh, my good friend, um, fellow local light, I guess, uh, fellow golf fan, fellow, uh, just a really good buddy of mine. We actually, uh, I guess I'd say, I want to say met, I would say reconnected through our wives. Um, so I have, and we'll probably go into that a little bit, but I have in the house, Mr. Ryan Lee, uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, happy to be here, man. So, awesome. um, well, I've been actually meaning to get Ryan on forever. I don't know how we actually got to episode 16 with just getting you on, but I think you were supposed to be one of my first top three to five people that I kind of had ready to go and just things happen and but that's it he that's fine he's here uh graciously accepted to come on um graciously yeah graciously exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to really kind of bend his arm and twist him and plead and beg but he's he's a good guy so he he decided to come on and support so for Ryan for everybody or anybody that does or does not know you give him a little background kind of tell him who you are what you do where you're from Give them a little context into Mr. Ryan Lee. Sure, sure. So uh, professionally, I am a client advisor for Hickok and Boardman Insurance Group. Um, They're currently the largest independent uh, insurance agency in Vermont, but I'm opening up their uh, Plattsburgh office and uh, serving Northern New York commercial business uh, clients. It's been an awesome opportunity for me, and I, I really enjoy insurance a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I think if you'd asked me that in high school, I would have been like, blah, you know, insurance, that sounds awful, like the last thing I want to do. Um, but I've really, like, learned, you know, I continue to learn about it, and uh, I continue to be a student of my profession, and um, I'm just nerding out on it now. I really love it, um, so it's been a really good fit for me. Um, but... I guess uh, starting out, um, I was born in Montana. A lot of people don't know that. That is a fun fact about, about yeah. you for sure. Yeah, because most of us in the North Country are, are born and raised, you know, Plattsburgh or North Country people. But um, uh, I was born in Montana. My uh, dad was in the Air Force, and so he traveled a lot. He actually lived in Germany with my mom uh, for about five years before I was born, which is pretty cool. Um, and... Uh, for a very brief time, we lived in New Jersey. And then um, because of my dad's Air Force experience, he knew about Plattsburgh and the Air Force Base, so he applied for a job up here. And uh, 
the rest is history. I, I grew up most of my memorable life in Plattsburgh, um, went to uh, Beekman Town uh, Central School, went over to St. Lawrence University for my bachelor's. Uh, if you want to talk about college or that later, we can get into that. Um, that was a great experience. And then um, my first real gig after college was actually uh, not what I went to school for. I went to be a teacher. Uh, I had my job picked out. I was going to be a science teacher, uh, biology and chem, and then uh, no teaching jobs were available right when I graduated. It was kind of the worst timing possible. But things happen for a reason because I was a scout as a kid, and uh, I ended up getting the, uh, the great honor of being the district executive of the Adirondack region which was a pretty big job. I definitely wasn't ready for it when I got it, but I grew a lot from that job. Uh, being a nonprofit administrator basically is, uh, for those of you out there that do that, it's, it's a tough job. Uh, fundraising, managing a board, uh, membership, all those sorts of things. Uh, and of course, you're never rolling in the dough you know, for resources. So that's pretty much um, where I'm at now. Uh, I did spend a brief period in between my current role and uh, my role with the Boy Scouts um, working for ETS staffing. Uh, we, uh, the, the company was looking to expand into Vermont and um, I got the opportunity to be their branch manager and help them do that, which was a pretty exciting opportunity. And um, my current employer was our landlord. So I sort of, in a way, was recruited away from my recruiting job that, that's that's good you, you took a taste of your own medicine right <laughs> yeah right. um so we kind of kind of back up we uh ryan and i are both the same age and ryan's birthday is actually coming up so if you see him on saint patty's day and i'm sure you're drinking buy him a beer um <laughs> so we to kind of go back how we actually met from my memory at least this is from the memory, and then we go back. So we actually met at Buffalo Wild Wings. This is true. This at, is true. I'm a, curious what your uh, experience was. Okay. That day. Yeah. So my, my, my <laughs> wife and Ryan's wife were co-coaches at the prestigious powerhouse Clinton Community College girls soccer program. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we ended up – Gina told me one day, she goes, hey, we're going out to – dinner with Lauren and her well, boyfriend at the time, boyfriend's coming. So I said, okay, cool. I don't know if I've, I think I met Lauren like once or twice, probably, I don't even know, like picking up Gina or whatever. So I didn't really have any background knowledge of Lauren either. So I remember sitting down and I think it was right around the Women's World Cup time. So I think it was 2015. So Lauren comes walking in, you come walking in and it was like one of those instant like kind of triggers and I'm like, I know that guy. And but I didn't. I did and I didn't. So I was like, who the heck? And it took me took us a few minutes I think to kind of like figure it out, but we yeah. were kind of like where have I seen you before? And I think we both kind of did that. And I think that was it. And then we were just like, all right, you like beer? I like beer. <laughs> we'll just kind of hang out and uh I think the rest is history. We've been uh, you know, I we see quite a bit of each other and we both went to each other's weddings and been to a couple concerts together, yep, and yep. Um, we've hit the links a few times golfing and uh, a lot of other cool things. So I believe. Well, do you want to go me go farther back still, or do you want? 
Well, I guess I was your, I guess your 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 uh, I story. remember I remember walking in and of course I knew Gina through Lauren. Um, you know, and uh, you know, your wife through my wife and uh and she was always fun and and we used to spend a little time together, you know, we'd meet up for hockey games or something and um all of a sudden I just remember Lauren telling me, Hey, we're uh we're gonna go get dinner with uh with, with Gina and uh her boyfriend. And we're like, Oh, she's got a boyfriend. Nice. Okay, good for her, awesome. And uh we walk in and I had a very similar reaction. I looked at it, I was like, who the heck is this guy? I've seen this guy before. I don't know where I know him from. Do I? And, and immediately, you know, up here, it's like, how do you know most people? It's probably through sports or something, mm-hmm. right? So I'm thinking, did I play this guy in hockey? Or I did the this, same thing. Is this guy like well, not a, hockey, but soccer. Yeah, is this guy like, man, I had a lot of enemies on the ice. <laughs> am, I, am I about to eat uh, di- Buffalo, at Buffalo Wild I was Wings? Definitely the the big, that- I was definitely the big defender, for sure. <laughs> I'm like, uh, did this guy piss me off at one time? Or did we, were we friends? How do I know this guy? And then, of course, we learn it has nothing to do with sports. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll let you tell him where we actually, I guess, met. Nothing to do with sports. <laughs> Far from it. Two things. Yeah. Um, so bizarre. So I'm a big music guy always been in music my entire life since I could be in band uh, in elementary school and uh, probably since you know third grade I think when they pull out have everybody learn recorder or something I've I've always loved music runs in my family big time and so for probably three or four years I'd say in a row my dad and I were in the orchestra for Shazy Music Theater and uh, this is the big time for the North Country? At least back then, this was like, yeah, um, I very mean, well produced. Yeah, there, I mean, there, it was just sold out. You know, several days every year, big name shows: Beauty and the Beast, uh, Susical, uh, Chicago, you know, Chicago. Oh yeah, West I mean, Side Story. This was a, this was a gem for the North Country, and it was an honor to be a part of it. But I was in the pit playing uh, percussion and drums uh, with my dad. And at one point, I did play trumpet, too. And you, Galen, were up uh, in black like a stage guy, moving all the yeah. sets and, to, like, supposed to be invisible. And, and to, clar- <laughs> to clarify, I was on stage, but I never sang, danced, or did anything. I was off on the wing. So if yeah. you saw me, you probably shouldn't have because it should have been dark. But... <laughs> But yeah, I was the backstage moving crew basically for yeah. sets. So yeah, well, that that whole group, like Shazy Music Theater, from you know musicians to director to stagehand to actors, actresses, whatever, it did become like a kind of like a mini family for the for the yeah. season. You know, mm-hmm. it, people come and go. Not everybody comes back every year. Like obviously, I was only there for a few years, but you get to know everybody that way. It becomes a, a pretty cool. Uh, experience. That's the only time I've ever been, I would say, a professional musician. I got yep. paid for my... <laughs> yeah, for, for your beats. Yeah, other than that, I've never been good enough to be paid how, for it. How uh, how many did you do? Do you remember, show-wise? I did... Four. And what, what years were they? Were they high school, college? Probably more high I was, school. I was high school. And Do you remember which ones they were? Let's see. Uh, Hello, Dolly. Um, I think I helped with Susical. Okay. Um, that was like a off 
that, one. That was but my then, first one I did. And, and then yeah. there was, um, I didn't do Aida, but my dad was in mm-hmm. that one. And then, yeah, I did, I think my first real full-fledged one was Hello, Dolly. And then I did, uh, there was The King and I. Yep. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. You did that one too? Yeah. Was this, was it over your spring break? Was that why? Yeah. The, re- the reason I say that is because I, I think... I think I was in college. I was a freshman yeah. for Beauty and the Beast. That time and I, I remember up. going to like the music um, you know, department at the college and practicing my parts because yeah, that was a complicated one from yeah. a music standpoint. That, that's what I remember because uh, my first one was... So I did it for, I think, 10 years, which is crazy to think about because... Time flies when you Look start. Look at you. I know. It was, um, but I went from, I think my first one was Susico, which I think we were probably freshmen, so probably like 2005, yeah, maybe. Probably, yeah. Right about there. So that the timeline, I think, matches up. So you were in uh, high school, so I did it all the way through college. I mean, I stayed local at Plattsburgh. So yep. for me, it was a couple of nights, of, you know, for probably two weeks, mm-hmm. probably went in you know, six days a week for two weeks, maybe 13 out of 14 days. So it was just kind of really crammed into one week or one, two week stretch, but people were great. Um, very professionally done. I mean, the, the, I would say in this area, the, by far the leader in, mm-hmm. you know, community theater. Um, yep. I think I don't, I didn't really go to a lot, but from what people told me and at least for the feel of it was very professionally done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that was funny. So we, without getting too much into that, we, we met, Indirectly, I don't even know if I talked to you. Then. I mean, maybe I did, like, off, you know, maybe kind of in passing kind of thing. But I, I just think we were kind of in your group. I was in my group because we were, you know, you're just doing your part. So it's not like you're really mingling too much with people. Like, we weren't with, like, the, the makeup people. We weren't with the light people. We weren't with and, the... And I think the people who were more in the acting production side had a lot longer road oh, through it because... It was, like, four months oh, or so. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like... Yeah, the, we came in the musicians, yeah. the musicians are, like... It's, like, here's your music four months out and then show up, like, the week before and just know your shit or mm-hmm. you're fired. <laughs> they, give, they give you the music that, that far in advance? Uh, maybe not, actually. I, I mean, I don't... I wasn't sure because I know you guys came in. We went always... Went it's in very there. last minute and, like, honestly... It was primarily music teachers, people who had yeah. the the chops to mm-hmm. do that, right? To get music, sight read it, and then a month later have it perfect. That was yeah. definitely not me. I re- I remember having to practice a lot. Well, I think the at least through most of it, like I was surprised we came. We'd come in like two weeks before opening night, not mm-hmm. even that, like a week and a half. And you'd always kind of come in, and you're like you're literally seeing the play for the first time and you have somebody, we usually had like one backstage person that would kind of have an understanding of what was going on. And then they would just be like, all right, this is what we're doing. This piece kind of goes out here and like, okay, and then we'll practice a scene, put stuff out, ask the director, is this good? And be like, yep. So we, you know, mark everything down, time it, page it. Basically have, it was a lot of logistics and what I remember the most about it. And I kind of prided myself on this as we got, as I got a little more into it and kind of really understood it was you obviously see like the going out and coming on part. There's a timing to it because you only have so much. A lot of it's to music. It's not like you guys play any slower. So for the most part, you know, you pretty much have a small window of opportunity. It's almost like a pit pit crew in Mm -hmm. um, NASCAR. It's like you go in, go out, you pull the stuff that's out, put the stuff that's out or on the side on. 
lights come up, action, next scene. But then it's like, then why the play is going on, we're in the back, like, playing Tetris, basically, with pieces, because it's only so big back there. So you're pulling stuff out in the hallway, you're bringing stuff in, you're, you're spinning stuff, you're lifting stuff, you're moving stuff, you're basically getting things organized. So it usually just started as, like, a, a complete shit show at the beginning, because everything's kind of ready to go, and then you could slowly kind of start pushing stuff out in the hallway as the play would yeah. progress. Um, so towards the end, usually it was a little, a lot more room back there, a little more room to breathe. But the first four, five, six scenes, it was, it was havoc back there. Cause you, and then you have actors and actresses walking in and out, and you know you're you're trying to do your best to obviously respect their space, and then they're trying to do the best to respect your space because you're you know it's a confined area on the on the wings of the of the stage. But overall, a pretty a positive experience. Met some cool people through it. Very talented people. I remember for Beauty and the Beast, probably one of the most impressive like stage crew contraptions I've ever seen for live theater, at least locally, not professional Broadway. I mean, this was cool. But for Beauty and the Beast, you know how throughout the movie there's uh, rose petals. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I do See? remember that. You know what I'm talking about. You yep. know where I'm going with this. Yep. This was this was engineering in its finest. Um so throughout the show, you know, the rose petals keep falling off and they're like, oh boy, we're racing against the rose to, you know, change the beast back into his prince form or whatever. And um, they had attached like fishing line or something. I feel, I feel like I remember the guy telling me exactly how he built it, but they hooked fishing line to each up through the stem and onto each petal. And then as they would fall, they'd fall free as if, you know, there was nothing attached to them. And then when the rose comes back together at the very end of the movie, or in the show, you know, um, I don't know how he did it, but a remote control like sucks them all back up into the shape of the rose, and I, every single time, it just blew my mind. Yeah, that's funny. I, I, I what's that? The reason I do remember that, I remember someone, whoever it was, explaining it to same thing, kind of like how they how they did it. But I was always on that side of the stage, so I never actually saw it live. So if you think about it, I went 10 years at, at this play, never watching the play from the front. Every once in a while, like maybe it was the last scene of the act, we had everything set up and the next, it was the last, usually the scene before intermission is kind of a big scene. So we'd always set up and sometimes, and usually those are kind of the more memorable, the big action, the good music, the dancing, everybody's on stage. So we would set stuff up and a lot of times we'd sneak back up from the back of the stage all the way to the back of the auditorium to watch the last scene. And that was pretty much my experience of all Shazy Music Theater for 10 years, so a full decade of basically watching it from one or two scenes a night from the back. A lot of the scenes I didn't see. Anything that was on our side of the wing, up mm -hmm. front, I never saw. I would always see the one on the other side, but you're really limited and you're always seeing people from the side angle through curtains, so it really, you didn't get the full like depth or you know breadth of what, what it was going on because you saw it from such a limited perspective. So that was kind of cool because I, to be honest, I never actually saw it. I heard about it because people were like raved about this, like it kind was, of engineering yeah. feat. And uh, but I never actually saw it live. So yeah, I wish I would have because that would have been pretty cool. It's like Elon Musk put it together or something through those tunnels. <laughs> yeah, through, through that boring company. Um, but yeah, no, Shazy Music Theater was good. So that's how um, Ryan and I came to know each other and then reconnected. God, ten years later. Crazy. Maybe not ten years, but close eight eight yeah. years or so. Um, so, 
That was good, yeah. Um, no, that was really cool. <laughs> no, just kind of like I said, that that brings back a lot of a lot of cool memories because like a lot of stuff like when you go through um, col- or high school and college, you have very distinct memories because it translates to memories of like. That's why I'm very good date wise when it comes from any time I was in school because I can know like okay I was in that grade which triggers this memory which triggers this whatever mm-hmm. so I always have a good timeline up till probably like midway through college and then things kind of really. St- Basically, once I hit like twenty twenty one, things just really kind of blended together. Um, like now, I just I forget dates, I forget when I met people, when I did stuff. But high school, like I knew almost like when music comes on, and I'm like, that was two thousand five. And like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, I was in ninth grade, and I just remember the song playing on the radio, and or I remember it at a school dance, or I remember it at a talent show, or so like, or or it was funny the other day. I was driving home, and um, Gina's car has XM. Mm-hmm. So three songs in a row. They were doing 2007 top 40 hits or something. Three songs in a row were three of the songs that were our basketball playlist. And I literally sat in the car and listened to all three of them. And it was amazing. <laughs> and then uh, John Mayer's Your Body's a Wonderland came on. And I just went, I, which is fine. I like John Mayer, but it killed the vibe. So I shut the car off and went in. But it was like three like rap songs that you never, I've not, I guarantee you have not heard since 2007. And they were in the top 40. I think they were like 15, 16, 17. I listened to them. I'm like, this really brings back some good memories. So music has a tendency to do that. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, music definitely has a way to take you back to certain memories. And um, regardless of how good your memory is, certain songs will trigger something for everybody. Uh, on the John Mayer point, I, Lauren and I saw John Mayer in uh, the Bell Center okay. uh, a few years ago when he released one of his newer albums. And, uh, he played Your Body is a Wonderland, but he went through this whole pit, a whole uh, speech before he played it about how sometimes when you are successful in music, you have one song that is, the, I don't, he didn't use this phrase, but basically like the death of you, you know, <laughs> like he's like, but you know, you play it so much, so much, he's like, you get to get so sick of it. And he's like, but. I'm pretty rich because of it. <laughs> I, I I always think, I'm like, yeah, that's I, and yeah, that's true. And he's like, so I'll play it for you now, but I haven't played this song live in like eight years or something. Really? Yeah, yeah. I believe it too. Because some of those, you just get sick of it. I'm sure. You know, was, I was listening to something the other day. Like, if you take, who was it? I think they were talking about like the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones, or take Elton John, who's on like his farewell tour. They've been playing these songs for like 50 years. And the thing is, like, no offense, Rolling Stones, Elton John, Billy Joel, nobody wants to hear a song that you came up with in 2018. They want the 1968, 78, 85 version of, of whatever. Like, they want to hear you say Rocket Man, not some random yeah. song that you just came up with. Yeah. It's probably phenomenal, but they want to hear the hit. So, like, you get to the point where you're like, I think when you hit that age and you're kind of past the point of really coming out with new records even though you kind of are everybody's like i just want your greatest hits of your first 10 years like i listened to or um i watched a special on steven tyler with Mm -hmm. Smith, yep who were my favorite band when i turned 10 my mom i i don't know a lot of 80s music but i know a heck of a lot of 60s and 70s you're a big billy joel and elton john guy love them both yeah which i know they went a little bit into the 80s and stuff but if you take like I know a lot of music from the 60s and 70s because that's what I grew up with listening to because my mom listened on the radio. So 
my son is, fortunately for us, maybe unfortunately for him, is going to know a lot of 90s and early 2000s because that was just the music we grew up with in junior high, high school, elementary, whatever. So I just find myself acting like, I was always like, why do you guys, like my parents, like, why do you guys listen to the, the 70s? It's 98 or 2005 or why? Like, but I've fallen in the, the same realm where if you go on my phone or go to my Apple Music account, I would say the average age for a song on there is probably like 2000. And it just, it's all the music I listen to. I very, I don't know. 90s every, music was great, man. Yeah. And, 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 I listen to music now, like top hits. Like every once in a while, Jordan will come in. I'm like, Jordan, what do you want to listen to? And she's like, I don't know. Today's hit music or whatever. So I put it on. I don't know any of those songs. I don't even know the artists. I'm like, who? And every once in a while, you get like one that pops up, like a Taylor Swift. I'm like, at least I've heard of her. There's people I've never even heard of. And then I'm like, cancel back, put on like Dispatch <laughs> or Dave or OAR or something that I, I grew up listening to. So have you, been, have you fallen into that? That, yes, I guess I say absolutely. trap, but have you fallen into that uh, <clears throat> just natural progression? Yes, yes. Um, I think uh, my music taste definitely, it, yeah, it's comparable to yours. I, uh, I very much love the 80s, 70s, you know, 90s are great. And then we hit this, um, this shift in music where it became a lot more um, digital mm-hmm. versus instrumental. Mm-hmm. And not that... You know the talent isn't there. Uh, there's certainly it's just a different leverage of talent, you know, um, and creativity. But for me, I just I, I like listening to uh, someone on a guitar um, play a really complicated lick. I mean, that's why I love uh, Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge. Everybody who knows me, I'm a huge Dave Matthews band fan, and I think it's. We just went this past yeah, December yeah, or something, um, November? Phenomenal. And um, I've been to so many shows. Uh, but what I love about that band is they are all instrumentalists. They're, not, they're for, not necessarily, you know, a bunch of lyrical geniuses or Dave's not necessarily... Dave's got some cool lyrics, but like what really makes... A lot makes of spacey the, lyrics. Well, yeah. He's, you know, if you actually listen to break down his lyrics, they, they make you go places. You're like, whoa, what was he thinking that day? Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. <laughs> If you listen to their music, man, that is just, that's a well-oiled machine that's just beautiful to me. I, th- I think we, uh, we we'd both agree. What's funny is I think we sat there and we could almost tell which songs were coming on just by like kind of the, you know, we were trying to almost get, it was like guess. That's when you start nerding was out. Like, you guess know, when the you're Dave a song? real fan, when you can hear their little teaser in the beginning of a live show and you're like, oh, yep, that's that one. Yep. Or you can't think of the name of the song but you know every lyric to the song <laughs> they're just sitting there like what's this and they're playing it in your head but um i th- i probably could answer this for you but and i think we probably both agree who's your favorite band member just music pure musical wise i think we're both the same Ooh. out of that band out of that oh, band. oh okay 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 out of that that band. Like that. yeah okay uh, not, not overall that's, that's difficult answer. um Carter? Yeah, 100%. Carter Beaufort. Yeah. 100%. I have a Carter Beaufort stick, which is so that cool. I caught. And I Car- have Carter's the drummer if you don't. I yeah, I have a photo uh with Carter. I didn't know that. I met Carter before. Yeah. This was the same time as the stick incident or no? Nope, different time. Uh, did you go to SPAC and see him? Yep. Yep. I I for uh, so my best friend and roommate in college um is from the Albany area. He'd be great on this. 
Oh yeah, he'd be great. Um, he'd be phenomenal. He's Jay Condi. He is an interesting dude, yeah. and uh, he's become even more interesting as age uh, it happens. You know. <laughs> um, but anyhow, so I mean, cool Carter story. That dude is sweet. Um, so my my roommate um, and best friend at the time, you know, best went, uh, man in my okay. wedding and. Um, his dad owns a, um, painting and construction business down in the Albany region. And, uh, because of that and his connections, he always was able to get really good close, um, tickets for the shows that's back and, uh, was able to kind of get us pretty good hotels to stay and be safe, you know, after show. And, uh, we ended up long story short coming back from one of the DMB shows and, uh, we're standing in the parking lot and we're like looking around and we're like, what the heck? There's a lot of people here. What the heck's going on at our hotel? You know, this is a nice hotel, but I mean, I guess I didn't think it was that nice. I mean, I'm not uppity or anything, but like I've stayed in some real nice hotels and I thought this was a nice one, but not like I would have just expected the band maybe to have like the hotel in Saratoga. And we were definitely not there, but <laughs> All of a sudden, these big coach buses start showing up, and all these people are waiting. We're like, "What the heck is going, on? dude? This is kind of exciting. Like, is this the? Ba- are they staying at the hotel? Are they? Are they here with us?" And um, Boyd Tinsley, the yep. violinist, mm-hmm. pops out of his trailer or out of his RV or whatever, and uh, quickly goes inside. Like, I, "Nope, I'm not. I don't have time. I'm too tired," kind of thing, and goes inside. Stefan Lassard pops out. He's the bassist. Pops out, walks in, kind of same thing. Shakes some hands, you know kisses some babies that kind of thing you know and kind of gets out pretty quick another bus comes by carter pops out he's like hey 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 everybody calm down come down i will i will stop and say hi to everybody uh you know you guys are the fans like i value you know i'm gonna stay and talk to every single one of you and we're like holy shit this is sweet so uh i didn't back this was before like we had smartphones, like I think we, I had like a, I had a real crappy like flip phone and you wouldn't want to take a picture on that. Mm-hmm. But I had a digital camera up in the hotel room. So my friend Jay's like, dude, run up and get the, the camera. So I sprint into the hotel, up the hotel stairs because the elevator was um, busy and went up four flights of stairs, went in the hotel room, got a, the digital camera, this big boxy thing, you know, that used to be, and then ran back all the way down got down to my buddies and we took a picture with carter that's awesome and uh he talked to us for a few minutes and and you know asked us how we like the show and stuff and i still have it it's on my facebook actually oh really i gotta, I gotta look it up did uh yeah he, he just seems like a good dude the, the uh the one thing is he's always smiling always you can tell that dude loves made it in his dream job a hundred percent He's a lot older than people think he is. He's like he's pushing sixty. Yes, exactly. And, and does not doesn't show it though. Not even remotely close. And, and the funny thing is, I I I would say I think I, you know we're nerding out here, but we're both big Dave Matthews Band fans. But I, I really think that he it I would call like the captain of the team kind of thing because I yes. think they I think all the energy comes out of him, and he's almost like I kind of think of him like. If the band was an octopus, he would be the body, mm-hmm. and everybody's the tentacles or the mm-hmm. legs, and he just kind of like exude, like pushing out all the energy out, and everybody's feeding off. Obviously, they feed off each other, but I really think that he is the 
he's like the the point guard of the basketball team. Like he's really calling the shots. Dave might be the clownfish that can't figure out what the hell he's doing. In exactly, the <laughs> exactly. And Carter's like Carter, Carter's the like the old turtle that's just like floating through through yes. the water. But um, if you want to treat yourself to a good a good one of my favorite Carter moments, if you go this year, 2018 spec when they were at, um, like in June, the same year we saw them last year, mm-hmm. they performed SPAC. The last song, which is funny, is the crowd starts chanting two-step. Usually bands, they don't like, they just do whatever's on the set list. Yeah. I don't know if they had it on the set list, but it sounded pretty much like they all kind of like paused before and were kind of like looking around. The crowd was just chanting, and then all of a sudden just like, they just started strumming. And they started playing the song. It was 18 minutes long, and the Jesus. last like eight minutes is Carter going off on the drums. Granted, almost 60 years old, and you're watching this guy go, probably the greatest solo. Like it's, They have a live stream on, on YouTube. Go find it. Go all the way to the very end. Watch Two Step and just watch that whole performance. And you just want to sit there and just keep re-watching Carter. Did you see that live? I wish I did. I did not. Oh, okay. I did not. Um, no, I, I lied. Actually, I was not there. But they've done live streams. They've yes, started to they do live streams. This past summer that was the one at SPAC so if you I don't know if you watched or not me, me and Gina sat at home her brother was actually at the concert and we're like oh, we wish we would have went but then all of a sudden we found out that they were doing a live stream we sat in our living room at 8 o'clock came on we had it put on the TV we literally watched the entire show and I thought this was going to be like a, a camera set deep like back and they just had like one view and you're kind of like eh, whatever. no it was really good footage. it was I mean as close as you could get they had guys right up in front of them and it's almost like why buy the ticket I mean, it, it, in some regard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Without it's always without, without alive, getting the the secondhand yeah. smoke and and all the all the good drinks and stuff like that and, and crowd jumping around, but it, you it was very well done. And we literally just sat there and like listened. We watched the three hour concert mm-hmm. and amazing. And the last was funny is I remember listening to it probably because it got late and I was kind of tired. Like I didn't enjoy. Like I didn't re- recognize how good that was. And I went back randomly one day and just kind of was like clipping through it just like oh i wonder i think it was leading up to the concert we went to and i rewatched two step at the end incredible so do yourself a favor okay. if you're yeah. bored no i will go right to the end i mean obviously the whole concert but just go to the very end just watch it's, it's i think it's like an 18 minute version and carter is incredible that whole time the thing is too when he's like drumming he's flipping his sticks you ever see that oh yeah he's nuts like, dude he's nuts but a lot of pit drummers don't realize this but like most people are most people are are right-handed, but whatever their dominant hand is, their most drummers do a cross-hand move. So, like, what what I mean by that is like, um, I'm right-handed, so I would hit my hi hat with my right hand, but the hi hat is usually to your left, so I would cross my hand, my right hand over my left hand, to do that, and that's usually the you know the. It keeps the... It's natural. That's home base. Hi-hat's the home base, right? It's like usually that's your the... symbol. Yeah. Okay. At least especially for the way Carter has his kit set up. And then you have your snare drum, which is the core beat, with your left hand, right? So you, you, you see drummers doing that a lot. They kind of have this cross-hand move. Um, and then you play, you know, the bass drum with your feet, your right foot. Or if you're doing a double bass pedal, kind of like what he's got, you do both feet sometimes. And... <laughs> Yeah, at one point in time, I had a double bass pedal, and I was doing okay, but never, never 
even breaching, you know, his level. But um, what makes Carter really phenomenal is he plays an open hand um, method, which basically means instead of he, he's a, I'm pretty sure he's right handed dude, but instead of playing with his hands crossed and his right hand doing the hi-hat or cymbal work, primarily cymbal work, right? Um, he's doing that with his left hand. And um, then he's hitting the snare with his right. But what this does is he's now got his hands in a position where he literally can like move left, right, and he's never crossed up. Whereas a lot of drummers, including myself, you are limited once you learn how to play drums cross-handed, which is the majority way to do it. But he's playing open, so he can switch. If he wants the sound of a different cymbal, he can switch and all of a sudden make his right hand the hi-hat cymbal, you know, purposed hand. But he's doing it on the right side now, and then he's playing the snare drum with his left hand. But then he can switch and go back, and now he's playing the snare drum with his right hand and the hi-hat on his left. And that's just like... I'm sure it sounds complicated, but if you were to literally just sit at home or wherever you are right now listening or you right now, if we were to do a little experiment and you were to try and just like, you know, you can hear that I'm doing with my right hand and then you, that's my, that louder is my left hand, right? For the people listening. But then for me to just like automatically switch and try and do that opposite all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. there's no way I can do that. Carter does that every single day. Nice. In a much more complicated fashion, of course, than yeah. what I just did. But it's it's, it's pretty incredible. That's I've, a level of detail that people don't even understand. Well, well, I've talked to some people that are 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 drummers, and all of them say he's one of the best, if not best, yeah. drummers that the they've ever seen. The guy I can think of is Neil Pert from Rush. I've never seen him. He's like I, I mean I know Rush, but I've never he's seen. He's filthy. Him. He's yeah. filthy good. I think Carter's more. Uh, experimental kind of like raw yep. talent improvising and and i think neil pert is the guy that if you want to be a phenomenal um like technique and uh rudiment guy like drum line snare drum skills and like really just under like be as tight as possible and read me like neil pert's your guy but if you are curious yeah look at uh i think so Neil Peart's got this drum set that goes completely a big circle all the way around him. We're really going into a tangent here. Aren't we? That's that's fine. I love it. <laughs> he's got this drum set that is literally an entire circle all the way around him, and he's got a couple different thrones like the seat that he sits on, and he can switch throughout the show, jump from one seat to the next in his drum set, and his stage rotates like underneath him, depending on which one he's playing, so he's facing the crowd. But there's a uh, a drum solo that he does periodically throughout their shows that is like, uh, I'd be hard pressed to say that even Carter could do it. Like really? this thing is filthy good. What's his name? Neil Pert. You know how to spell Pert? P E A R T. P E A R T. I think so. Yeah. Look um, up. From Rush, and and that's a three man band. They're generating Canadian just as much sound as Dave Matthews Band with three dudes. Getty Lee, the the uh, the bassist, is playing like keyboards with his feet, and he's got he's playing bass too, and he's singing. Their guitarist is uh, Filthy. I forgot his name in the moment, but and then um, 
Yeah, Neil Pert, man. That dude, he's got like this like synthesizer like keyboard thing that he plays with his sticks and so he can actually play like melodies while he's playing drums. It's yeah, dude, it's Carter's one of the best. But this dude I, I got to check him out cuz is nuts. Um I I went to uh I mean, I can tell you good good stories about this, but 2000 God, nine, I think I was a freshman in college. We went to um, Albany to watch The Grateful Dead, which was a band I grew up on. Um, Deadhead. Deadhead. Nice. Um, you wouldn't think it, but I was, I was, I got a lot of hit. They're going to come up with a name like that for us Dave Matthews band fans. You know, I'm surprised they it's don't. It's the same thing. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't. But, um, but I, I, I enjoy Dave, Dave uh, Dorks. That that's that we would both be classified <laughs> as that 100. Um, percent So so the I went to the Grateful Dead, which. I again kind of a band I grew up listening to and still listen to and still like their spacey jammy stuff. They have two drummers. And the concert I went to, which I think is a typical Grateful Dead concert, they played 15 songs over four hours and a lot of what they call space, which is just jamming. They had one section, I think the second part. Or the second, like second, like towards the end of the show, probably two thirds of the show, they had a drum solo, and it was just the two guys drumming. One guy was drumming, then one guy was kind of on these big drums that he was smashing, almost, you know, not a gong or like a tambourine, but I don't know what they were. Mm -hmm. But I just remember, like, you were like, your heart was like pound, or your chest was pounding because I whatever they had for the sound going on. Literally, the whole place was just vibrating. These guys are just smashing drums. And they did it for eight, ten minutes. Wow. A drum solo. I mean, they, they are notorious for the jam band. But mm-hmm. they uh, – it was Mickey Hart and I think – I think about this the other day. Bill Krutzman. Krutzman. I probably butchered his last name. But the, the, I think I believe the original drummers. And they just were just ripping on these things. Um, so that was an experience. But that was the first time I ever saw two drummers – I mean, I knew they had At two the drummers, but the first time, yeah, I actually saw two drummers, and not like a drummer and like a percussionist on the side, like legit, they were both drummers, they were both like side by side the whole show, um, obviously probably playing different parts and stuff, but it was just kind of funny, because you don't think of the Grateful Dead as being like this high drum percussion type type sound, but um, that was a, a very cool experience. Um I want to go back and see him. I haven't seen him since, which is terrible. It's been 10 years, but they're starting to tour more, and John Mayer's with them now. Yes, I was going to say, it's like Dead and Company. Is yeah, Dead and Company. Yeah, and when Mayer. I went and saw him back in 2009, they were just called The Dead. I think they stopped touring as The Grateful Dead when Jerry died, and then, okay. which was, I think, like the mid-90s. Yep. And then you had Bob Weir, you had Phil Lesh, you had Mickey, you had Phil... Um, Warren Haynes actually came out from the Almond, I believe Almond Brothers, and he came yep. out and played for he played Jerry's part, which is now basically Mayor Place, and but they were the Dead at the time, and now they are Dead and Company, which is John Mayer, and they got a couple other guys too. There's a I, I don't know if he's the bassist or the keyboard. I don't know if Phil Lesh is touring with him right now, which he's the the bassist, but they uh, they basic basically he's played and I've heard only great things about him because obviously he's a phenomenal guitarist but I've heard like interviews and stuff and he was like anybody else grew up kind of listening to that music and has a deep respect for the band and is not one to kind of just jump in and do his own thing kind of he's really he's really kind of immersed himself in the culture and the band of just hey this is the sound 
I have freedom to do my thing, but I'm going to do it within their, I, I, I guess, kind of I'm realm fit into of, their box. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not going to turn it into your body's a John, wonderland. Yeah, it's I'm not gonna, the John Mayer show anymore. No. There, um, there's an interview that I saw with Eric Clapton talking about John Mayer. And, and I hold Eric Clapton in the top five, yeah. well, top ten maybe of best guitars, guitars yeah. ever. And um, he said that... Um, forget exactly how he phrased it but he he basically said that john mayer is like a, a guitar genius mm-hmm. so that's well i think know, he, i think john mayer is especially when he was really famous um you know maybe 10 8 10 years yeah. ago he was kind of an asshole but i think he's gone through this phase where he's like trying at least to be a little more humble and i think what you, to your point about the Dead and Company, I think that's a that's a big statement from John Mayer to put the John Mayer thing aside and do something as part of a team and be part of that project rather than his where, own fame. Where yeah. I would I would say you're amongst the the Deadheads, he's second he's a second class citizen kind of in yeah. that band because like no offense, like you're great and all, but they're going to see Bob, they're going to see Phil, you know, they're seeing the original guys yeah. that are still kicking you know they're doing it um i think he recognizes that though yeah no i, I believe yeah i think so and i've heard some really good things i i want to go but it's like it's just one of those things i part of it is i just need someone to go with that's mm. the first hurdles i don't want to go to a concert by myself so if you ever want to go to a dead concert let me know but um i think that would be fun it, it's always cool to go back and see the older bands um i think the two we've been to to bring back our, our 2000s is the goo goo dolls Oh yeah, we did go to Goo Goo Dolls. That was great. Goo Goo Dolls and then Dave. I remember the going to the Goo Goo Dolls was me, you, and our, our wives, and uh, it was a weird. It was like a Sunday night. It was kind of bad weather. Very last minute. Last minute, and we ended up going down, and it was like I've gone to see. I've been to a concert at SPAC, like like a country concert or Dave concert, where it's sold out, like just packed with people. This was about as bare as you could get, I thought, at, at, for a SPAC concert. Mm-hmm. There was, you could turn back, you basically could turn around, and it looked like you were sitting outside Memorial, you know, up, up on the monument on the hill there, look, wa- like watching the Mayor's Cup or something. You could there, see the grass, which yeah, has never happened. Yeah, you see a ton of grass. And, and, but granted, it was Sunday night, the, the weather wasn't great. The set was very stripped down from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had any lights. They had, like, it was just the three guys. Phenomenal concert. They went and just jammed out, and a lot of good. I mean, Goo Goo Dolls. I've just again another band I just grew up listening to a mm-hmm. lot, and yeah. they had a couple other um, uh, Collective Soul. That's who it was. I was gonna say, yeah. I, which, which again, they have a couple yeah. of hits. You know, and I forgot what the hits were, but when they started playing, I was like, December's Lauren. one, and there's yeah. another good one. It's like Lauren, you re- you recognize these guys? She's like, uh, no never heard this before and then they of course their last yeah. couple songs they play the hits and they just yeah. like, oh yeah i've heard them before yeah but uh no that, that was kind of cool i think those are kind of going back to like i've always wanted to see aerosmith tour because that was like i'm not joking i had all their i say all but i had probably 80 percent of their cds growing up listen to all their songs I actually put them on the other day as a as a an apple music playlist like the mm-hmm. essential and like first one was toys in the attic and i was like I haven't heard this song in 10, 15 mm-hmm. years. Amazing. And of course, I like knew all the words to it. Like for some reason, lyrics don't really escape you. They just kind of come back like riding a bike. But um, 
Are there any music? Like, what would be your top one, two to five people that you would want to listen to? If you oh, get like man. concerts that maybe you've never concerts that you've never been to that you'd want to, you've always wanted to go see. I um, for a long time, I uh, it, this is probably not top three, but just I think it's it was it was uh, important to mention um, Steve Miller Band. Yeah, that'd been a great show. Yeah, so Lauren's best friend and roommate from college lives out in water or lives in Syracuse now, but is from Watertown, and um, they invited us out to Watertown for this um, concert. And they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, a bunch of cool bands are playing." I I don't remember. They probably told us Steve Miller was playing, but I for whatever reason I never really thought about it. And then we got there, and he started playing like all the hits, mm-hmm. right? Um, and just to hear somebody like that just crush their hits and how old he is. That was, that was pretty freaking cool. Um, so I have a lot of respect for Steve Miller band now after seeing him live, but yeah, I think one that I really wish I could have seen the trio together is the police. I saw my dad, yeah. my dad got, um, tickets to SPAC to go see sting mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Phenomenal. Dude's really, really. Did you good. go to? I went with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but I think there was something really special about the police. I, I mean, I know like Roxanne. I mean, I know like I know some of the music, but like I, it just that wasn't a big one for me. But yeah, no, you can keep going. Like, yeah, uh, man. See, I, and I feel did like you grow up listening to that a lot. I feel like Roxanne isn't there. Message best, in a bottle. What was that? Yeah, S- yeah. SOS or whatever. Every breath you take. Um, yeah. I mean, they don't stand so close to me. Yeah, they, had, um, they had a lot of yeah. No, I agree. They had some. Right. They had a lot. Like if you listen to the top essentials of the Police, most people are like, "Oh yeah, shit, that's a Police song. I yeah. like that song a lot." Oh yeah. shit, that song's really good too. I, but people think at first, Roxanne, but yep. um, yeah, you know that would those guys. I don't know. They broke up way too early. There was a lot more potential there, but um, egos. You know, I think, um, yeah, I don't know what my other ones would be. I mean, I really like Dave Matthews band. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a really hard question. Um, you know, who would be really cool? Uh, I feel like just cause of his vibe would be Jack Johnson. I feel like that'd be pretty cool. Fun fact about him. I've seen him more in concert than any person I've ever been to. Is it, is it good? Phenomenal. Yeah. Really? And okay. I know, I know he's kind of like jam banny. Everybody's like, ah, I know he's kind of laid back. He is, um, I, again, another guy, I've probably listened to more of his songs over hours than mm-hmm. any other music. I used, like, high school, college, I would just work and do homework and do whatever to his music, mm-hmm. um, just because it was, like, white noise to me, and I don't listen to it as much now as I used to, um, but the first time I ever saw him was actually, we went out to Mansfield, 2008, I got it for, like, graduation gift. And he never, this was up to the point where he never really toured. He, he's from, he lives in California slash Hawaii. So, he's just a surfer. Yeah, he was a professional surfer before he got into music. And he did a lot of surf films. He was a, I know a lot about Jack Johnson, but he ended up going to, I think, like UC Berkeley um, mm-hmm. for, for film. And very good. He did some surf films and did some music. And I think his original um, album, um, I can't believe I'm not. I'm having a hard time. Not on and on. Not, 
like, oh my god, whatever. His first album, and he basically was doing like surf films, and then he kind of started to get popular. And then when he had In Between Dreams, which is the, the mm-hmm. kind of like his iconic yellow album with the Hawaiian yep. tree, and when that one came out, which to me is basically almost like his greatest hits album, you know, um, obviously there's a lot of other good songs, but that you cover, it's kind of like Dave's Under the Table and Dreaming album, like 10 out of the 12 are like instant classics. And I remember listening to him and I was like so pumped and I didn't know he was touring. My sister found out about it. So they surprised me with tickets and I was so pumped. We ended up sitting like we were dead center about 10 rows beyond behind the pit. First time I ever saw him and it was amazing. And obviously, like, his music's a little laid back on the album, but he, he picks it up at the concert. He changes it up. Yeah. yeah so there's a lot more to it. Um, I met his drummer. Um, oh, cool. Yep. So I got a picture with him, which obviously he's not as, I mean, if you ever watch him play, he's very much just kind of like, keep the beat. Or yep. He's not He's not mm-hmm. Carter. But um, so that was that was really cool. And, and, and Jack, to put it in perspective, I've seen him probably five or six times. I actually saw him one time at a festival, and we went out to see him in Boston, just outside Boston. And he actually went into like this little coffee tent they had set up, and his his keyboard, Zach Gill, was playing like his own little thing. And he has a couple good songs too that I like, so we went in to watch him. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking over, and he's got this um, Guitar, and again, like I said, I used to know a lot more, and I'm kind of escaping me. It was basically a Hawaiian guitar that he was very famous. Cole Clark might have been the brand name. Hmm. It was a very authentic kind of like guitar that not a lot of people played, but he always played it. So I'm looking at it, and I remember turning, and I was like, Jack's coming. Like it was not, it wasn't saying anything because he was supposed to play like in two hours. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, <clears throat> he comes walking out and plays two or three songs with with Zach and he was 30 feet away from me just sitting there we were in a place with about 50 to 80 people small tent yeah and it was just kind of popped up into this little tent they were just kind of doing like they call it like coffee house that's what they call it the coffee Mm -hmm. house but it was like a bunch of people that because it was like a festival so you'd have like people come play that you didn't really you know they're obviously good musicians i didn't know who they were and then he came on so i'm like well i want to go see him he's in jack's band just see him by himself and all of a sudden jack came and played a couple couple um songs with him which is really cool and i had uh, so that was probably the closest we ever got to him um but i've seen him a few times and the, the funny thing to show how laid back he is is t- two things two things that i really remember most about his concerts were one i saw him in 2008 and i think i saw him in 2010 and i think i saw him in like 2012 or 14 he wore the same t-shirt like three different times <laughs> so you talk about like these guys that like get in they have all these flashy things he shows up he's wearing Birkenstock sandals yeah he's wearing like the total Jack Johnson vibe like you'd expect he's got Birkenstock sandals he's got jeans on and he's got a t-shirt on and he comes out and just he's just kind of slapping away bobbing amazing voice like his mm-hmm. voice is he's got one of those guys that just has like that real just like pure voice and you hear him in real life and you take like kind of like that, just that like kind of easygoing just sound that he has in the album, and you put it onto real life, like yeah, real life, but live, mm-hmm. amazing. Like the guy has such like a buttery smooth voice, and it's it's just so funny to watch him. He's so laid back. So the first thing I remember of of him was, I'll say actually three things was that. So he's wearing a t shirt. Two years later, four years later, you're talking like a guy that 
pr- probably does not care about money. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just laid back. He's like, looks like a beach bum, goes out and plays. All the guys in the band are super laid back, very stripped down. He's got a lot of artists that will play and kind of come and play with him. And then when you go to his shows, he's got all these, he's very big in like environmental green initiative, like like saving the planet, no plastic, like pl- or get rid of like you yep. know, recycling and things like that. Yep. So he's always got these things set up where it's like, hey, we've got free water stations. We got free this. We have this. We have, you know, everything that's very much like green, bio or recyclable and things like that. He's very big into that. But when you go there, you like felt that vibe that he was really pushing, you know, kind of a green initiatives in wherever he went and kind of tried to leave his footprint in a good way, not in a bad way. Um, and then the third thing is we were, we we're back again at Mansfield. I think I've seen him tw- two or three times there. And they had a car accident on the highway and he kind of caught wind of it. So we started playing and he was like, he kind of came up at the end as he was kind of getting, he's had played about two hours at this point and it was kind of the end. He goes, uh, yeah, he goes, we, we, uh, and he sounds very Hawaiian and he's like, we heard there was like a car accident and, you know, we, you know, there was, you know, obviously some casualties and stuff and, um, you know, and, and it was very like sympathetic. And then he goes, well, I know a lot of people were late to come to the show and he goes, we've, we've kind of been asking throughout the concert, like the people in the back, you know, can we kind of, can people stay a little later? Because you're talking now the staff that's working this event. Can they stay a little later? He played another 45 minutes and just like got oh, up and wow. just started jamming because for them. Class act. Yeah, he was just like, hey, they missed an hour, for whatever, 45 minutes. He basically, whatever they missed, he basically replayed it at the, the end. So he played probably two hours and 45 minutes to three hours, which for him, he doesn't have a lot of songs. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is awesome because he just played you know the ones that you thought he would play then every once in a while you throw in the the ones that you haven't heard ever live and you're like mm-hmm. holy crap then he's like well at one point he's he's like i actually um i wrote this song about uh willie nelson we were at farm aid one time and um i think he said the time i got drunk with willie nelson was the name of the song and he actually had a full song about how he got drunk with willie nelson <laughs> and it's just like this random song that he had come up with probably has never sung it live and he was just like kind of like coming out with like well all right and he just started jamming to a song because he was basically he there was no set list at that point he was just coming up with stuff he's just helping the fans out and it was it was incredible yeah. and he uh but i think that's just kind of he's like kind of the guy that i would i would love to go see him perform in hawaii that's like a cool the coolest thing if i, I could ever That'd go. be the dream that's the ultimate package because he has a one every year he plays out there like this big festival okay and i think it's for like Hawaiian school kids or something, but it's just as he brings like Dave's played at it before, and he brings in these other acts. Um, but if you can go, if you can ever go watch a Jack Johnson concert, I know it's kind of like a real laid back kind of thing, but there's some good. He's great. Like I would always, I would never turn down to go watch him okay. in concert. Life. All right, it's a date. So perfect. I'll let you know next time <laughs> he plays. Um, I think my my uh, I'll get like obviously got long winded there, but the Aerosmith will be in my top. Okay. One of them. Yep. Elton John and Billy Joel. have not seen them. We'll never see Elton John. This is his last concert is what it is. But, oh, man. Um, That's end of an era. Yeah. But that would have been, been one I really would have liked to have seen. Billy Joel. Man, to be honest, like, nobody knew. Like, Do you if, like the Eagles? Not enough to want to go see them. Like, okay. I, I shouldn't say that. I would go see them, but not enough to say, like, I would... 
like go out of my way to make sure like I want to drive five, six hours to go see them. If they were like at SPAC or at Montreal and someone's like, hey, you want to go up and watch the Eagles? I'd go watch them. Yes, but not – they wouldn't be one of my – one of my true big bands I would like really splurge on. Okay. Um, man, I don't know. I, I think I've – because I've, I've been lucky enough to see a lot of the ones that have grown up grow, grown up listening to. So I've hit quite a, quite a bit. To be honest, it would be going back in time to mm-hmm. some of the older bands. And to be honest, I've been on a big uh, – I don't know if you saw the movie or not. I always liked them. Queen. Queen. I knew exactly where you were going. Yeah. And I... I, I uh, so good. I, I have them... I haven't seen the movie, but... You haven't? No, but <sighs> such a good band. You gotta go see the movie. People it, don't give Queen enough credit, man. Amazing. If you go through amazing. a top song list, top hit list for Queen... Amazing. People, all of a sudden, you'll be like... you'll Just like our conversation about the police, you'll be like, oh, man, yeah. I love this song. I didn't realize that was Queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one, too. Oh, yeah. And what's funny is when you... I think you get a now. Obviously, there was it was you know there's some fictional, not I say fictional, but it wasn't as it's not everything. You're getting it in a movie format, but like when you kind of watch the parts and stuff, and all of a sudden you go back and like listen to some lyrics, you're like oh that makes sense now because I don't a lot of those old bands I don't have the context. I don't know when you know I I heard them well past their prime, so when they start talking about stuff, I'm like oh wait they grew up there. Oh they this is where they formed. This is where and you start kind of. Connecting the dots lyrical wise with the music, um, I've always been a Queen fan since I was again seventies, eighties. Like I mean, they're obviously going into the eighties, but big seventy five to eighty probably. Um, always liked their music, and then all of a sudden you're like, this came out, so it kind of like you get back into it, and you're mm-hmm. like, man, I forgot how many songs they actually have that again were on my iPod, iPod, but you know, back in high school, that was what I was listening to. You gotta yep. see the movie though. I gotta do it. Did you watch any of the movies, the Oscar movies? Uh, Are you a big like movie Lor- guy like that? Uh, Lauren and Lauren um, does not particularly love going to the movies. Okay, she sees it as a time suck, which is fine. But okay. she also, in her defense, has used a lot of film in her uh, classes that she's teaching. She uses mm-hmm. um, she teaches uh, diversity through film, which. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I'm gonna tie into this. Keep going. Yeah, so that's that's a um, that's a phenomenal class, and um, I haven't taken it, but I've been exposed to the content through talking with her, th- you know, throughout um, each semester, and um, they share they show film clips as a way to try and engage students in conversation about you know tough things to talk about as they relate to diversity, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's a good it's a good way to you know get into that conversation in a healthy way rather than a combative way um but anyhow so she does she's done that for years right so she doesn't get excited about movies um i feel like you're ready to transition from this but uh you asked the question about if i saw any oscar movies Mm -hmm. i did see um oh my god why am i forgetting what it's called with lady gaga um oh um, <laughs> this is embar- embarrassing. A Star is Born. Yes. I yes. didn't see that, but I know the yeah, title. Honestly, phenomenal. Really good. I wasn't sure what to expect. and uh, It's a Lady, remake off an old movie. It's a remake. I think it's the third remake. I think there was a... So it's kind of like it's the a Gat- remake Gatsby from a remake. Yeah. yeah, but anyhow, um, movie was awesome. 
and I gained a lot of ac- a lot of uh, respect for Lady Gaga, a lot Lady Gaga actually. Um, but anyhow, where were we gonna go? Well, when you, you had yeah. mentioned well movies, I saw two. So I saw Queen or Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, the other one that I saw, which I think if Lauren hasn't seen this, she should a hundred percent show it to her class. Is uh, the Green Book? Did she watch that at all? So the whole I don't think so. Okay, so the whole premise of the Green Book is the actually fun fact too. Uh, Viggo Mortensen is in it. Saint Lawrence grad. Yeah, you knew that. I was uh, about to did say I that. steal you? <laughs> no. Well, you kind of did, but yeah, he uh, he did, and I didn't realize that he's from Watertown. I met Vigo. Did at, you? That's cool. At Saint Lawrence, anyway, I was literally in between class, super stressful day, and uh, they have this little place in the student center called the Pub, and I uh, popped in to grab a coffee real quick before uh, going to class. And uh, sure as shit, I look over and look who's pouring himself a coffee. Oh, you recognize him just like that? Yeah, he he shaved and like didn't have you know he's he's harder to recognize when he's like all clean cut because mm-hmm. he was very, but I think he was there for like a fundraising trustees thing or whatever you know he comes in periodically to help um help him raise money but yeah i I didn't really talk to him but um i did like go over and shake his hand like hey nice job in lord of the rings kind of thing and yeah i don't think he was very amused because i'm sure he gets that a lot yeah he's probably sick of it yeah i didn't mean it you know yeah i mean but he's you know when he gets everybody's just constantly like, oh, yeah, I loved you in Lord of the Rings. It's like, I'm sure it gets old. Well, one, I in the movie, I don't know. He, I think he gained some weight for the movie. I could be wrong because I did not recognize him at all the entire movie. Um, until the end when the credits came on and said he was the guy that did it. I'm like, that was uh, Viggo Mortensen. But so he's in it. Um, I forgot the name. The guy's name is like something Ali Mahasala or something. Mm-hmm. He was in a game, uh, House of Cards. He was uh, Remy, mm-hmm. in ha- I think Remy, 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 right in House of Cards. Phenomenal actor. And the whole premise of it is the Green Book is basically where uh, black people could stay in the South, like hotels. So they had a green book. Basically, this is... And Vigo is like his agent or something. His dri- no, his oh. driver. Okay. So the... I'm going to call him Ali's his last name. But um, he is, is a musician. A very, very talented musician. And without going too much into all the details, this takes place back in probably the... I want to say the 60s? 50s, 60s? So, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, race relations obviously weren't great and you know kind of like the civil rights act kind of time and basically what happened was he wanted to do a tour of music through the deep south and he needed a driver and basically Vigo Morton's Mortensen's character applies for the position and to put it in perspective it's a white man driving for a black guy in 1950s, 60s, from the north all the way down to the deep south. True story. True story. Wow. And one of those one of those movies that's like it's one. It's like any other movie. As it gets going, it, it builds and builds and builds and builds and like really grows on you to the point where like you get really invested in the characters, and it's a tearjerker in mm. a good way. Mm-hmm. Like. But I would a hundred thousand percent. The Green Book. 
The Green Book. Watch it. Anybody that's out there, watch it. It is phenomenal. I think it won Best Picture this year. Rightly so. It I think was, you're right. It was a phenomenal movie. Um, I only, like I said, I only saw Bohemian Rhapsody and The Green Book. But I again love Queen. But if I had to pick between the two, I thought The Green Book was a better movie. Just overall, the storyline, the the characters. Um, but have Lauren watch it, and a hundred percent that would, I mean, that would line up with her class like peanut butter and jelly. It would be great. So I think she would she would really enjoy that movie. If you guys, um, yeah. I, I'm sure it's out. You could stream it somehow yeah. now. Okay. So, uh, but watch the Green Book. You guys will really enjoy it. Um, so, kind of transitioning, I guess, out of since we talked about our love of music for an hour, which is fine. That was good. Love it. I get to ner- nerd out with with uh, you on some music, which most most people don't like listen to that. But I think you have an appreciation for good music. Um, so. What I wanted to get ask you a little bit about, we had talked about this prior to getting on. Um, what is potentially your new project, venture, hobby thing that you want to take on? Well, I'm. I first off, I think you are aware of it, but on the side, kind of for fun, I have a little sole proprietorship called Rondak. Uh, chairs and furniture. I got to put this in the show notes. I got to get better uh, at show notes. No, no, it's good. Rondack chairs and furniture. Um, I, I make. You're hand- mi- you're Mr. Rondack. I'm Mr. Rondack. I make handcrafted uh, Adirondack themed furniture. Primarily, I call it the Rondack chair. It's basically a, a take on the Adirondack chair. But um, this sucker, um, when I can make it to my best liking is uh it'll last you forever it's beautiful and it folds up but um you know the the next thing that i'm i'm doing uh in addition to rondack chairs and uh being an insurance broker is uh i'm exploring the idea of sitting in your seat and uh starting a podcast for um more business conversations. You know, this mm-hmm. this feels very Rogan-esque, and I like that a lot. I like yeah. how it just kind of goes into tangents and sucks you in. I, I feel like I end up listening to a lot more podcasts that are like that than something that's really structured and, and focused on a particular topic. But I feel like our region, and me in particular with my MBA, I feel like that could be a cool outlet that doesn't overlap with what you and you know our friend matt craig with craig cast are friend doing. of the show craig you Cass. know and of course there's um uh, admittedly i have not listened to much of it but there's uh, also why wait innovate from matt wait with matt yep. and and um i've heard great things about his podcast as he's well been, but he's been doing i don't want to i yeah. met him actually for the first time at a chamber event a couple of weeks ago and he's been doing it for about long time, year? long time. He's got the backing of a uh, North, um, uh, North Volume, North Media Volume, no, North, North Volume, volume Media, North Volume yeah. Media. Sorry for butchering that, uh, Damien. Yeah, you had all the names right. You had <laughs> yeah, all the words uh, right. Yeah, but um, you know that's a legit operation. Yeah, he does um, very well. But I don't want to overlap with anybody. You know, I, mm-hmm. I I think podcasting in general is a phenomenal outlet, especially. Um, in the way we're going, you know, like the, I, I'm seeing this trend of we're all kind of gravitated towards our, our mobile devices, our cell phones, our smartphones and screen time and like engaging with um, video and, and uh, 
access to pretty much the entire world from our hand in our you know smartphone um, but I also see this trend of kind of getting a little more back to audio and um, I know you film your podcast which is really mm-hmm. sweet I know you know a lot of the national uh, men and women that do podcasts do that like Rogan he films his if you want but I personally love the uh, pure just audio pop it in the car when I'm driving or wherever there's something cool about that art form and long form conversation mm-hmm. where people can really go deep on a topic and um, I think people are exposing themselves to more substance and quality when they listen to podcasts in general, especially these longer form ones, um, than just the the typical soundbite that we're kind of getting used to. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like um, there might be a place for a business-focused uh, podcast in our area. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I, uh, well, one, obviously, I love podcasts. I'm as pro-podcast as you can get, and I've been listening to them for a few years now, and um, particularly long-form, meaning will I listen to a half-hour podcast? Sure. I mean, I, I'm not against it if the quality's there or people are like – the person hosting is there, um, but I've mentioned his name a thousand times because I think he's become kind of the the pioneer, not say pioneer, but basically a big A-lister in podcasting with uh, Joe Rogan. I like the longer form. I like where it can go. I mean, on a shorter podcast, we're not talking about our favorite bands and music and drumming for an hour, but here, I'd even have that down, really. I, I As anybody knows, it's very non-scripted. I have mm-hmm. a couple things down that if we kind of get off topic or kind of beat, beat a topic to death, we, we transition. But I mean, we didn't really discuss much about two minutes before we went on. Hey, what do you want to jot down some themes that we can talk about? And that's pretty much it. So it really allows a conversation to take over a life of its own. So that was when I went into doing the podcast, I had really no idea of what I want. I, I had an idea and I didn't. I actually wanted to originally do a business podcast where I brought in people, talked to them, you know, in different, you know, owners of companies or different, you know, specialties or different areas. And to be honest, there will be some of that on here because, but I've ended up transitioning and I thought about this prior to getting into um, the whole podcasting thing was. What do I really want? Um, what do I really want to do with the podcast, and how do I really want to? I want to do it that it's fun for me. Meaning, like I want it. It's, it's kind of like everything I do. Like I, my job, love it, and, and I, I just really dive into stuff, and I try to make it a hobby, something that I can take on. So this is a hobby for me. But then I'm like, how do, how do I want to go about it? Do I want to make it just a real estate podcast? Do I want to make it just talking with with people? And then I'm I. I don't know if there's a right or wrong, but my whole thing when I did it was I really want to go down a route that I really like. And my whole thing was it's not any type of title, job, background. It's just I want to talk to, and I think I have it in my description, people that I find interesting. And that's it. That's the only theme of the show. There's nothing else. There might be like gradually some themes as we get into it, like, you know, some intro, like, We've talked about having you come on in different aspects of like with different people. We won't go into your background. Like it'll just be like turn the mic on and just let's shoot the shit. But 
I really think, like for me, I think we're up to 16 right now, people. There's people from all backgrounds. There's people from mm-hmm. that are in business. There's people that are in whatever. There's people I've met before and I've known them for years. There's people that I, literally I meet them as they walk through the door. I just kind of, people that I find interesting or I want to talk to, and there's some people that I've known forever that, to be honest, great friends or whatever, but don't really want to have a longer form conversation with them. Not in a negative way, but just it's not really kind of how we gel or vibe where I find I talk very good with you. I had, I've had some great guests on that every time I talk to them, I just have very long thought provoking conversations that I enjoy. I just like that form of, 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 uh, uh, medium. But I think from what I've seen, like if you ever go on like the, uh, of course I did this after I started the podcast. So it kind of was going back, stepping back in time the wrong way. But what is like best practices for podcasts? And they're like, we'll do this, 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 and this. And like, I did probably two of those, which was basically like get a mic and that was about it. They were like, hey, have a theme, get your guest list. And I mm-hmm. really didn't do that. It was more like I got the equipment. I called up Matt and I said, Matt, Matt Craig, uh, founder of Craigcast. I called Matt and basically said, hey, can you be, can you come on? I had no clue what I was doing. And literally we went a full month of just recording because I didn't know how to edit anything. So I had all, the, I had like five or six episodes recorded before we ever mixed them up and put them out just because I didn't know how to do it. So I had to take that time to learn it. Um, but one of the main things they talk about is have a niche or kind of go down a niche market. Like if yours is, you know, business people in, let's say Clinton County or upstate New York or just business people in general, you could really go anywhere with that. But it, but it keeps a, a little bit more structure. Um, mine might be a little bit all over the place. I don't know because I'm really, I can grab anybody really and talk to them but it doesn't make it good, bad, or, or, or indifferent. It's just, for me, that was what I wanted to do. I just wanted to talk to people I wanted to talk to. So some of it is good conversations where it's like, I say more thought-provoking, or it's five guys, one mic, and we talk, We literally sat for two hours and just made fun of each other and, and you know talked about anything that came up and anything, <laughs> just yeah. what our minds wandered. So um, I don't know. I don't think there's one that's either good or bad. I think... There's definitely a small niche of people up here. And as I've gotten into it, I've, I've kind of like met people or heard of people doing podcasts. I honestly, when I got into podcasting, I knew of Matt's podcast and that was pretty much it. Um, I knew a little bit of uh, uh, North uh, North Volume, Matt what they were Wade. doing. I, yeah. I don't even, I think, I, yeah, I think I knew of his and then I knew of... Um, There's Trashburg. Which I didn't know about until... Honestly, until, until, yeah, until... Um, I think Matt Craig told um, me about him. What is it? Matt Hall well, was on Craigcast. Yeah, yeah, and I've never met but, him, but I've listened to him with Matt, and he's he's a interesting good speaker. Dude. Good speaker, interesting too. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I had a, um, Ryan, uh, uh, i got to pronounce his name correctly. I, I butchered it for him, and he corrected me, but he's a good dude. Ryan uh, one up. he does Slop Dog Radio. Never heard of it until literally I met his. I knew his girlfriend. And she said, "Hey, you should get my boyfriend his podcast." I'm like, "Oh, which? What does he do?" So it's kind of funny how you once you get in this niche, you learn other people who the other players are. Locally. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I met Matt, um, and he's been doing it. He said he's on like 50 or 60 shows right now, and he's been very consistent. Um, there were a couple girls that were doing podcasts at one point. Um, I don't. They've kind of stopped. Um, but they were doing it through that um, uh, North Volume. Um, but they 
you know, kind of they haven't done one in a few months. But so there's a few that have gone th- have done it. I don't know how many are in Plattsburgh. I don't know how many are in Clinton County. I'm sure there's more than I can think of. But really, there's like I'd say Craig Cass, Matt, uh, uh, Matt Waits, and then uh, the Trashburger, kind of the main ones that I've heard of in, in Slop Dog Radio. So mm-hmm. there's probably more, but you're going to find as you get into it, you're like you're going to know who has them. It's kind of cool. Like you can listen to them and they're local people. So they're bringing on local people They're And it's really starting to take off a little bit. And we were at a event the other day and, and uh, somebody mentioned listening to the podcast. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like you don't know who's actually listening to these things. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think if I had to pick business, a business run podcast, I think would be pretty cool. I, um, I, I feel like, it would take more prep than this, obviously, because we're just we're just shooting the shit, man. We're going into some good thought-provoking conversation, but there was just a brief five-minute outline, and then you go. So, you know, I'm recognizing that as a potential time investment that I would have to make, but I also don't necessarily want it to be structured to the point where it's like every episode is 45 minutes or an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd want it to be able to go into deeper conversation in a business setting because I think, I think my goal would be to provide a podcast that sort of extends what I've been trying to do as the president of ADKYP. And so, you know, I, I've been doing, I've been part of that organization for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for those who don't know what ADKYP is, it's acronym for Adirondack Young Professionals. And, and a great, our, great organization. Great organization. Yep. And um, our goal is at its core to retain young people to the North Country, greater Plattsburgh area, because that is the future of this area. That's the future of the economy. That's the future of everything. Right, and if we can't keep people excited about living here, building meaningful connections and professional relationships, um, they're going to leave. And so that's kind of what that organization is trying to do. But my time as president is also sort of coming to a close here soon. I've done it for three years, and you know it's been a great run. But I think it's healthy to have some transition, and I need to move away and do something else i'll still be part of that organization and support them as an advisor and have that institutional knowledge and stuff definitely not going to go away but um i see a business podcast where i'm meeting with really interesting business owners whether it's a small flower shop on the corner or you know the ceo of a major company in town or in the region to really provide provide young people who I assume would probably be the dominant listening audience. I don't know. Um, with something that they can listen to that gets them excited about the opportunity that they have. That would probably be my, my goal, but I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know if we necessarily want to burn all our podcast time tonight on, on planning that out. But, um, because I don't know if our, well, anybody listening would find that interesting well, and I, just listen to us brainstorm. Well, but that, I think that would be a pretty meaningful podcast if you could actually meet that objective. Well, I, th- I think the the two the two reasons why I think you'd be good at it or would succeed at that level is one, you know, a lot of people. 
through Boy Scouts, through what you've been doing. Um, very active, obviously, with different organizations and things. So you, you have, I would say, a large Rolodex of people that you could refer to um, and that I think would easily be welcoming to do something with you in that that uh, respect. And I just think that you are organized enough, professional enough, and I think you really understand the, the medium not to just kind of get up and just... I find myself, I'm kind of raw on this, meaning I'm not very polished of a interviewer. Um, I'm not the... I'm not the greatest with words. My, my uh, vocabulary is limited. I'm not a very scholar. I can barely pronounce stuff. So scholarly You're person. doing that on purpose right now. No, no, I'm not. I really, <laughs> I, if anybody knows me, I really I have a hard time with those. Like long, That's why when I say I'm very limited, my, my, my vocabulary limit is very limited. Like scholar, scholarly, I have a hard time pronouncing words. That's like my wife in, in dish soap. She hates saying dish soap. Dish soap. Yeah, it's like dish soap. Yeah. Anyhow, she's going to be really pissed. I said that. We'll but. cut that out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll cut that out. We, um, so, but uh, no, I think you'll be good. I think I think you're you're very um, well-read, intelligent peer. I was going to say young man peer, and uh, but I think I think you have a lot of connections. I think there would be a good spinoff. I would listen to it because I obviously I, I respect both. I respect the podcast former, and I like obviously. Um, you know the business aspect of it because that's kind of the space I'm in, and I think you would do well. It's fun. I think that's the thing. If you have, it, I don't look at it as a drag. Like I've never come to one of these podcasts and been like, I actually get excited for them because I just find they're fun. Oh yeah, this is awesome. It, it it's weird. It's because it, because the funny thing about podcasts is that's what people do in life is talk. They've been doing it since caveman time, whatever. But there's something fun about sitting down, like. No phone, just chit-chatting about topics that you – I'm sure now you would agree 100% with me. We don't get a lot of long-form talking throughout the day. Like it's I all think, sound bites, man. Our, yeah. our whole life has become a sound bite. Uh, read the headline but don't read the article. Watch the news and get the two-minute version of the whole story. It's long-form conversation. It takes it, you got to train your ear. Like when I first started listening to long form, uh, it took me a while before I really got into it. But the first one that really sucked me in, and I knew I was bought in on podcasting, was Joe Rogan talking with Elon Musk. Those dudes talked for like over three hours. I think I could listen to that over and over again in the car. That that was the most phenomenal conversation, and it really opened my eyes to what a long form conversation does and and it's your responsibility i feel as the listener to buckle your seatbelt and listen to it commit to it it's a hard because we're all used to like eh this particular section you know i'm not interested so we we all have short attention attention spans but i feel like as a podcast listener it's all of our responsibility if you're going to if you're going to go in on on a podcast man commit to it and listen to the whole thing because you never know if 15 seconds later there's going to be something life-changing that's discussed that changes your whole perspective on a topic or a political issue or or, or a, a you know uh, a, a way to better yourself there's a, there's just so much that can be gained from buckling your seatbelt and listening to the whole thing and that's what i got from joe rogan and elon musk that was phenomenal that that was that was my all-time favorite podcast i've listened um, to a ton but i mean that one 
by far. If you haven't, go back. It probably was like four or five months ago. Joe, if you're if you're listening to the Galen Trombley show, <laughs> I think he, he actually he actually I think he gave me a, a shout out at his last. Uh, yeah, it, that would be sweet. Uh, just so you know, like you know, Galen, myself, uh, you, and Elon. If we just want to have a couple beers, uh, dude, that'd be sweet. I'd be yeah. I'd buckle up for that one. We, we'd buy you a ticket here. We would let we would have you come into our studio. We would we know yours is cool, but it's cozy here. Yeah, it's cozy. Yeah. So, we'll see. <laughs> to be honest, Elon probably just drive right through the core and get here in 20 minutes. So. Yeah, anyhow. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, not to keep beating a dead horse here, but like the, the idea of a business-related podcast, I think, would be cool. I need to put more thought into it, mm-hmm. but I'm almost there. I'm almost bought so, in. And, you know, I think what it would also do for a lot of young people in the area is they'd... You know, I've been very privileged and very fortunate to fall into some luck with that you refer you referenced a rolodex i mm-hmm. that i was very lucky to fall into that executive job uh with the boy scouts because that forced me to be a a leader of my organization mm-hmm. amongst leaders of organizations at across a very our young re- age too. Uh, across our age yeah i had to i had to clean up and make myself polished and uh public speak and raise money and manage a board and uh you know go toe to toe with a lot of business leaders in our area and a lot of people don't get that but like because i got that i feel like i really benefited from that and for no other reason than just the luck of that opportunity Mm -hmm. but i feel like sharing that sharing those conversations in a conversation like this where anybody who's interested about the life of of the local ceo or the local business owner that's got you know otherwise maybe assumed as like a a a hard to contact person because of their um status in the community like if i could get them in a conversation and and provide that to everyone locally and and especially the young people, I feel like that could, that could be cool. I don't know. The, the, um, but I've been, it's all luck, man. I just fell into that. And I, you know, I think that's life. You fall into some opportunities and you either bail out of it or you make the most of it. And I feel like I tried to make the most of it. So, so I have two things. Yeah. A couple things. So like one, like the serendipity of meeting people of events happening, like a lot of it is, I, I, I talk about, I just had this conversation the other day. Um, it, it's like I always talk about like what's the what's the ROI of something? Now it doesn't mean like I know input in input out, but like what's the ROI of me going to the event last night, talking to a bunch of people? ADKYP speed networking. Speed networking event. Yep. What like why am I going to that event? Am I going to go in my profession? Am I going to go? Obviously, yes. Can they all buy homes? Hundred percent. What's funny though is that I went probably two years ago, roughly. I kind of got in with you and Matt. Were the first ones that kind of brought. Actually, no, I'm not lying. Matt was not. I met Matt there. I think it was you and uh, a couple of the people I knew. I was like nervous to go. I have. I'm not a very. Um, I've grown into being way more social than I was. I'm a true, networking's hard. I was a true uh, introvert. And still, I'm a true introvert. And it was kind of funny. I was talking to somebody today about it. 
I walked in last night. I do this anytime I go into a big room. And most people that look at me and probably they probably think I'm like super like extroverted, like it comes supernatural to me. I get anxiety every time I go to an ADKYP event, if I go to a chamber event. I've got to the point where I've gotten out of my car at a chamber event, like been walking to the door and in my head the whole time was like 50-50 about turning around just going home. Just because like social anxiety of not, which I, I know it sounds weird, but... It's a real thing for it, most it, people, I've man. never been, yeah, it's just not a, it's not natural for me. Obviously, I've never had a time where I've walked into one of those events and been mad that I didn't turn around and leave. It's all like the the right step is always to go because Mm -hmm. like you always have a good time. You meet somebody, people I know that are there, but I I still to this day have that like knotted up feeling. Even last night, I knew probably eighty percent of the people that were going to be there. I still get that nervous feeling. Um, Just something I've I've slowly kind of pushed down um, or like back of my mind or down in my gut kind of thing where I'm now more open than I used to be. But I used to like I didn't mean. Three years ago is when I started going to those things. Two years ago, mm-hmm. so to think about it. I've been in for nine years. It took me like six years to even get over the hump to go to those events. So, um, but when you talk about bringing on like different people, um, I think that's fascinating because I'm again just getting to the point where I'm starting to feel myself be a peer with somebody that's a 55 year old business owner. Yes, I'm not there. It's a dynamic shift. Yeah, and it's it was in my head like I always. I'm like I said, just getting to it. When I was starting in the business, like there was, I mean, why couldn't I go to an event and talk to somebody that was 50 years old and as a 23 year old and had a conversation? I didn't. I like I was just in my mind mentally. It was just it was just like a paradigm that I was I was just too young. I wasn't in that. Like they're not going to want to talk to me. I I don't want to go to the chamber event. And there's going to be maybe one other person that's my age, and I'm just going to feel super out of place. That's the farthest thing. To be honest, those people that are 50s and 60s love talking to the younger kids, you know, because I think it's their way of giving back, you know, or, or... They're also always looking for new talent, probably. And that too, yeah. So there's there's a lot of give and take. Like, I have a lot to gain from somebody that's been in business for 30 years. And to be honest, we just had it before you came on the show. I'm sitting here teaching people about technology. That's... we yeah. Everybody needs each other. But I think when you have the business perspective, if you can... I think that's a big thing, like kind of take down that persona maybe that's just something i mentally have in my head but i'm sure other people do that someone that's 60 years old that's in our area super successful does a lot somebody that i probably would not talk to just because i have in my head thinking they would not ever want to talk to me kind of deal or it would have nothing in common or i would be basically a, a burden on their day kind of deal and I really had this thought until probably like three years ago. And then all of a sudden I was just like, you know what? Like I'm just going to be more myself and just go and meet people. And it's been the best thing. Like I've met some phenomenal people. But, you know, I, I think you being able to go bring that down and kind of put it out on a very level playing field where I think people can kind of open up, chit-chat, talk. I would get a lot out of it because I'd be like, oh, man, that guy's really cool. And then now you have something in common. Like I can talk to – I run into him and be like, hey, you were on Ryan's podcast to listen to it. It was really exactly. cool. And I think that's a good icebreaker. And kind of what you said, like a informal, hey, hey, Jim, this is Mike. Mike, this is Jim. It's kind of like an informal way of doing that through, I guess, kind of like voice and audio and technology where you're kind of bringing this conversation out to you know, dozens or hundreds of people that may be listening. 
um, which I think is kind of a, it's a cool way to reach people, but it's a cool way just to kind of be a fly on the wall situation. Exactly. A fly on the wall listening to a conversation that would be very intimidating for a young person to try and engage in because I was there. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to be one-on-one with some of these people I have in mind um, when I was a lot younger, fresh out of college. But because I was forced into it, I grew from it. So how can I share that, right? Well, I I think you're... um, for our age wise, I think you're probably the best that I know at it to be to be truthful because I've seen you at multiple gigs. I saw you at a year or two ago when you went to the Boy Scout dinner with some pretty VIP type people, I would say in our area in regards to like some Congress people and some, you know, um, high up business owners and things like that. And you're up there basically emceeing the event as 27 year old, you know what I mean? Yep. So. Um, and then I, I've seen you, obviously you run the 80 KYP, you're up there kind of getting people to mingle and talk. And, and I think that that's, there's a lot to be said by that, which I think would translate into being in this role of, of bringing people on where I think people would kind of come in and have that like comforting feeling of like, Hey, you know, Ryan's a good dude. I know him. He's very good, very good speaker, very good at conversation, very good at, um, I mean, just everything that you'd want kind of in a host of a podcast, like someone mm-hmm. that could allow you to... I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I'll give you one word of advice because this happened to me. And this happened to Matt, and, and I know Matt will, will agree. Matt was shooting around the idea to me about a year prior to him ever starting. Both of us, I guarantee he was thinking about it well before he ever mentioned it to me. I had been thinking about doing a podcast for a solid probably year and a half. Um, Matt eventually did it. was the first one to kind of like jump on the moon kind of thing. Yep. And then I remember uh, I had a conversation. I went to Matt. I had it on my whiteboard forever to start a podcast. Didn't do it. Went chit-chat with Matt for one day, and I was telling him, like, I kept telling him just to start it, just to start it. And I'm like, why am I telling Matt to start it? And here I am not taking my own advice. (laughs) I swear to God, I drove from his office to here, which is about a five-minute drive. And within a half hour, I had ordered everything. It was being shipped to my house. And I was just like, just start. And within a week, I had got the stuff set up and recorded my first, the first one, which was with Matt. So go back and listen to it and see how unpolished that is. Um, so my whole thing to you is I know you're thinking about it. It's just like, go home tonight, just order stuff and start. Because I think that's a lot of it is, you know, if you're thinking, because I think you're already to the point where you're going to do it. It's just more of like, just do it and just start. Yeah. And I have, I have some bare bones, um, equipment that i could probably even use like if i wanted to record a podcast tonight which i wouldn't but if i wanted to i could i've got a macbook great software on it i've got a preamp that logs in from two different inputs that i could hook up mics to which i have two mics they're not nice mics like yours <laughs> but they have a couple more covers you can steal so but they're 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 mics that would certainly do the job and i've run some testing on them and they sound okay to me mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I just want to make sure I, I understand my focus and how I want to run it. But I think you're right, too. I think I need to just do it. Um, but here's the big question, and maybe this is fun. If, I don't know if you have comments on YouTube or, or what, like if people are still hanging in there with us. Not and, yet, potentially, and, and, as we and, get a low battery and, signal on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> sticking, sticking with it. But, uh, you know, what would you call it 
What would you call it? I don't. I don't know. I, this is the part that you're, I'm struggling you're, the most with. But you're, you're coming. Okay, that's, I'm probably the worst. And I guy know to ask this. on your first one, you were like, uh, "Screw it, I'm just doing it," and you didn't even have your name nothing done yet. You just started recording, and you I, you you I, figured out the name later, which was super creative. The Galen Trombley show, you know, like I, the Dave Matthews Band. You know, I don't just, even know where you came up with that. That's so um, creative, but it, was, it took a while. <laughs> it was actually. I really, I really kind of. Um, I'm, the, I'm partial to not using my name unless it's like maybe a sub subtitle, so like with Ryan Lee, something with Ryan Lee. But I feel like I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to put my name as the main title. So that's not me. I have a that's name. I have a name for you. But I, I think, I think what. Don't say Lee Cast because no, Craig no, Cast. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. So. So yeah, that was a, that that was the other thing when I said just start. I'm 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 always kind of big on just starting stuff, knowing that it's not going to be polished, knowing that it's not going to be what I ultimately want it to be at. It's going but everything's going to evolve. This is going to evolve. It's going to get better. It's already gotten better. I already am more comfortable. I've done 16 of these now. The first few were Matt's was very just like, oh, we're going to kind of make this up as we go. And then the second one got better and the third one got a little bit better. Or at least I felt better, more comfortable doing it. Name-wise, though, I think if you listen, I think the first three or four episodes, I asked each guest what the name of the show should be. And I don't think it was till episode five or six that I actually had the, the original, like the original, I had the Galen Trombley show, even though that was one of my first few picks. The reason I did it... Um, Partly because I'm not creative, but the other part was that I just, for me, with a lot of the stuff I do and, and with uh, kind of branding wise and stuff, it just was a good like, like see or it was it was a good supplement to what everything else I was doing, um, and and this honestly could be like my big big platform versus the other stuff that I do. Um, I do a lot of video and things, but the name. I that's why I went with it for for you name wise. I don't think you need one before you start. This is this is what I do, and I think actually a couple places you can't actually put a podcast up until you have like four or five episodes in. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually kind of like a, yeah, you pre-record five or five to I did six six, epi- and I want to say Matt did six or seven, and, and you're just ready. You got a pipeline of of stuff you can post, and and well, it doesn't put the pressure on that you have to keep up with it right away. I don't know if I yeah. I think Matt actually told me that. One, the reason I waited was, one, I didn't know how to edit. So really, I was like, I can record stuff all day long. I don't really know how to edit and actually put it out for people to listen to. That took a little bit of research. Um, and then two was Matt just said, hey, this is what you should do because if you only put one episode out and people want to listen to it and all of a sudden you got one episode and that's all people can listen to, you kind of lose that momentum where you want to kind of keep, let them kind of catch up over a week if they like it. And then all of a sudden kind of drip some out as, you know, once a week or whatever. Exactly. Um, so for you, I think the good thing about it right now is you can start record for a month of people, you know, do one a week or two a week or one every two weeks, whatever you find your cadence of what you think you can time wise commit to stay consistent. That's the biggest thing. If you don't stay consistent, it just kind of like loses that fire. You know what I mean? It kind of, or you, you kind of, it's like you're going downhill and all of a sudden you kind of hit a little uphill and you lose momentum. So I think the name you can kind of hold off on. I mean, I, I even said it in my podcast. Like, I don't have a name for the show. I don't have a name for this thing or episode or whatever. Um, but it, that will naturally come. My suggestion to you, which I think would be really cool, is just Mr. Rondak. 
<laughs> I think that's dope. Like, it, if you don't want to use your name, but I think that's really cool because then it'd be like, because it ties into your business, but it's kind of like, it's a play on words and people from the North Country are like, it's kind of like, you wouldn't use like Adirondack Coast, but like, I just think like the Rondack podcast or like Mr. Rondack, I actually, Rondack, po- the Rondack podcast would be a sweet and then you could just be Mr. Rondack. Rondack. Or, or... or let's talk business with mr rondak or something i, I, I don't, don't even see i don't even think that's you too much get, yeah see, it's too much of a mouthful i think if you just go the rondak show or the rondak podcast it connects something i'm working on as a side fun thing but it, i i don't see how rondak well i don't know has nothing to do it has like, nothing it, to do with the actual con- the theme of the show but it does cross pollinate some other things i'm working on I don't, yeah yeah that's interesting but it, like like craig cast though has nothing it's matt's name the uh matt's uh podcast why wait i think is a play on his last name right innovate why wait innovate why wait okay so which gives you a little indica- indicator but yeah but it's not much of a mouthful like you true can, it's a very true. quick that's the thing like I even, think, I even think like the galen trombley show was like too much of a mouthful that is partly partly because my name has a lot of syllables in it total. But I think if you did something, I think like the Rondak podcast or Ron, yeah, the Rondak show or the Rondak podcast would be pretty cool because you are hmm. Mr. Rondak. Hmm. And I think I think because it's a fun play on words because you're also in the upstate New York area. I think mm-hmm. it has a good. Mm-hmm. I just like that. I like that vibe. I think it has a cool name. I think you do a lot with like the the graphic of it. It th- gives me room to deviate if I need to. Yeah, I think I think you know what? That's the one thing I didn't want to do with this. I didn't want to wedge myself into it's a real estate podcast because then all of a sudden it's like, well, I want to talk to Ryan about music. Well, I I've already gone down that that rabbit hole of I'm a real estate podcast. Now, could I have somebody come on here and talk all real estate? I mean, we have that with Ellie. You know, Realty Talk is 100% real estate based, but that's cool, by the way. Yeah, it's just I, I needed I do need something real estate because that's what I know most about. It's kind of like, you know, I don't want to I don't know. I could steal that idea and do insurance talk ten minutes. Of, yeah, or um, or woodworking or whatever. I or think wood, yeah. I think there's some there's a lot of merit to all that, but I think you can play off of Ron. I mean, you could do the Rondak show, the Mister Rondak show. I want to say Mister. I think it's a lot, but I think the Rondak show would be cool, and then. Mr. Rondak, Ryan Lee, you know, whatever you want yeah. to say. Yeah. But I think you could go into, then you break that down and say, hey, um, you know, under the, the Rondak channel or the Rondak podcast or the Rondak experience or whatever you want to call it, you could have a little like mini segments of, hey, this is a woodworking Wednesday. And do you just talk about wood for 15 minutes? Just do a quick, no, I mean like some, people, with you. some people would walk yeah. and listen. I mean, be like, hey, this is, you know, I was doing my Adirondack chairs, I've been trying to do this, or hey, I came up with a new, you know, kind of a new uh, technique that I think would be neat, or something I tried, or a new piece of equipment that I bought. I think you can, I think there's a lot of different avenues that you could branch off, but I want it, my opinion is I don't want to, I want to pigeonhole yourself from the start by saying I'm only going to do something. I think your base could be on business, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you do just say, I just want to do business, and I think that's it. But I think the Rondak would be cool because it ties in your small business yep. to the to the area. Yep. No, there's a brilliant. connection there. There's, there's I, the entrepreneurial uh, start from the ground up. I don't want Rondak chairs and furniture to become 
my full time full time job. Yeah, it's a hobby, hobby but, thing for you. But it does also connect to that entrepreneurial spirit of how do you how do you run a business and how yeah. do you and then you connect that with with people who have crushed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ballers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I think. I think something on that. I would put Rondak in it. I just think that's okay. You're, you're starting I'm with you. You're starting to kind of you're going down that path, and I think it's a great path to go down. I think you've had some success, and uh, obviously the quality is good. Connects everything together. Yeah, I think it's good. I'll let you stew on that, but I think I think you're yeah. The chairs I made for for your parents are are like prototype one and two. They're, they're <laughs> frankly shit compared to what I've been well, able to make now. But I, I think I, I, I think I paid. You. I think I paid you. For what they were worth then at the time too, so <laughs> I think you gave me a good discount easy, on it. So we'll, easy now. We'll, we'll call we'll call it. Like I said, they were, were prototypes. I, I think they they came right off of the the are ground they, floor. Are so. they still functional? They still fold, or are they just shit? There are was they, um there I'm, was a little bit of an issue, I think, when the weather kind of changed because I think there was something with. But we ended up kind of just sanding down a couple things, and I think they worked fine. Okay. Well, so, like I said, it was. I it, do home calls. It was. If I need to go fix it. It and, was uh, and, and tweak them up or well, upgrade them. Well, th- like I said, this was very, very much the. You know, it's like but, an iPhone. It goes to shit because they they make it go well, down right, to Ryan, shit and then Ryan just pur- yeah you, you change pur- the battery. You purposely <laughs> made it last for a summer, so then every year he's got to come and make a service call and uh, <laughs> and uh, do FaceTime. Yep. Every, every May, you know, every May around Memorial Day, he comes Ret- in and, and retention of a com- of a customer. Yeah, he just. You know, checks those checks the screws and make sure you know everything's good. So, no, I think that I think uh, I think you're onto something. I think I think you. I feel confident that you could pull this off, which is good. I think you'd have fun doing it, which I think is yeah. the ba- main thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it's fun. It, it really is. You get to one of the things was you get to meet a lot of people, and it's funny the amount of people. This has been going on for, I God, uh, less than two months. I've been doing this like actually. I'd say I'm going on month three of actually interviewing people, but it's only been public for less than two months. And the amount of like random people, say random, like people I know or maybe don't even know that have mentioned, hey, I've listened to the podcast. Hey, I like your podcast. Hey, whatever with the podcast is kind of cool. And it's a conversation starter for one. And then a lot of them is like, I might have met them and they mentioned them like, actually, you'd be kind of fun to have on the podcast. Like, and they're like, yeah, I will do it. I actually had one girl that's coming on and she was funny because i said would you ever do a podcast I, like I, I i know a little bit about her but not a ton and um just a nice nice girl local girl and she's uh some you know just i think would be a fun person to talk to and she actually kind of said she's like oh my god yeah she goes i've listened to a couple and they're great and i go oh cool like, i didn't know she listened to them and then like 20 minutes <laughs> later cool. 20 minutes later she sent me a text she goes you know what i was actually thinking the other day if i was ever on that podcast what would i drink and i was like <laughs> typically we have like I, I think that i think that actually started back when i had uh i think me and matt i think had coffee the first time which i'm anybody that knows me knows i'm a sucker for coffee but i think me and megan who was episode two had a bottle of wine that we basically like took down that day and then we've had a few others i had uh ryan one up who's a, a big uh oddly enough a, a genesee beer guy but we he brought out they were out where we went which I'm happy. So you ended up bringing a switchback, which was a much finer oh, choice God. in my opinion. Yeah. You know like switchback? Oh, man. Genesee. That'd be the end oh. of me. Well, that'd be the end that, of that's me. That's his I'm thing. So... He drinks them on all his, all his things. No disrespect, but for me, then not my thing. Well, yeah. I got I got a nice uh, second fiddle here. 
I, and, that's you know. Well, well, the, well, the t- to tie this in, Ryan goes, "Do you want a beer?" And I've I've been eating very in my well, I mean, to my standards, very poorly over the last few months, and I've been trying to get back into the gym, and so I I, I politely decline, but that's a really good beer. So I, I he actually he had me on the fence there for a split second, but Fiddlehead out of Vermont is a phenomenal. I will never pressure you. No, but it was it was good. I I I will hope you enjoy the one or two that I did not have. Um, <laughs> but no, that that's that's that is that is part of the fun. Is is like I said, get a couple drinks, hang out, chit chat, have a conversation. I usually find evenings is when I do it because usually it's kind of like happy hour time. People have kind of the day's done and just want to kind of have a drink, sit back, relax. Or I've done it early morning on like a Sunday. Last one we did early in the morning on Sunday, and that's kind of fun too. Depends on the time. I do enjoy the evening ones though, the best I think. If I can get a good evening, I don't know when you'll find time that like when you'll want to put it out like time wise, but yeah, evenings are good because it's just kind of more of a, it's very much like go to the bar, have a drink, and just kind of hang out, just like let your mind relax after a big day of whatever. Yep, I think there's something to be said about that. So, um, anything else you wanna you wanna bring up? It's up to you, man. I, I I feel like we've had a great conversation. We spent three quarters of it on music, but that's cool. And then the other third on podcasting. Yeah, I yeah. actually I'm I'm happy with that. I think I think that's the, <laughs> I, there were some other there was some other things which to be honest I I will go over a couple of the topics maybe rapid fire. But I was going to talk to you about the Rondack chairs, which we kind of touched on a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, um, I'll put that in the show notes. But uh, they they are phenomenal. Um, look them up on Instagram. I'll, I'll get all the the correct details from you so we can sure. have people they want to follow you on that but um you know I, I obviously we kind of joke about it but the 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 prototypes that you made a couple of years ago i thought were phenomenal um they're very to me in innovative from a sense of the folding aspect of it and i think you've only as we've talked as you described the one i got or i gave my parents they were they were shit which I, I, he's being very hard on himself they weren't that level but i'm sure they've evolved way better at this point um so if anybody's looking to buy them, they are. I can only imagine they were. They were. I thought very good quality back then, yeah. and I'm sure they're very high quality I, now. I, I've improved my source of lumber. Uh, I'm getting you know like raw, rough cut cedar, and just making this stuff look absolutely gorgeous. But then I'm also you know, and so cedar has natural oils in it okay. that it will prevent uh, decay over time. Cedar has. The ability much better than like the the pine mixture that I I made your parents out of, um, to just last. You, you you leave un unstained unfinished pine out, and you leave unfinished unstained cedar out. Cedar's gonna last twice as long, but then you put the finish on it too. It's gonna last and look that much better. So I've got that figured out. I've got uh uh a few pieces of the folding mechanism figured out so it doesn't get stuck. There's been an issue with uh, some of the early prototypes. Uh, they get folded up, stored in the win- off in the winter, and then they pull them out in the spring, and they're, like, tough to get. Creaking a little bit, yeah. Yeah, they're hard to unfold. <clears throat> and so I fixed that as well. You know, that's that's why you make a prototype. But um, And that's also why I did that before I really launched Rondack Chairs. But, yeah. That that has drastically improved. So yeah, and I, I um, yeah check check them out. They're very high quality, and I am a big big proponent of support supporting local companies. Um, 
kind of one of our new phrases for our company is local matters, which I truly believe is is just a, a good catalyst for just, you know, basically taking what we have here, being kind of a small, tight-knit area and reinvesting in our own local neighbors, um, whether it be food, chairs, whatever. You know, if you're going to buy an Adirondack chair, contact Mr. Rondack. You know, it's locally made. Guy who's grown up here all his life. Um, so I, I just think that, that there's a lot to be said about supporting your neighbor um, in, in especially your small business. So um, please check Rondack Chairs out. Um, and on Instagram, obviously, is you know you can see a lot of a lot of uh, cool designs and, and kind of what you're doing. I know you got a lot of progress pictures and a yep. lot of. We're on Facebook too. Yeah. yeah yep. Yes, you're on Facebook. Yep. I should. We'll, we'll link it all up to make sure people can sure. definitely definitely get a hold of you. Um, we touched on the Boy Scouts. We touched on the podcast, ADKYP. We touched on that a little bit. Um, if and actually a plug for Adirondack Young Professionals. If <clears throat> If you're listening to this, it's I think we can all agree it's young at heart. But if you can, uh, you know, if you can go, it's, I mean, to be a, a year member, it's twenty bucks, which to me is, a, you know, basically stealing. You know, it's very, you know, it's very, super, very super it's, good deal. It's yeah, it's a great deal. The the uh, and I think we've talked about it before, and I've talked to with other members that have come on that are in it. Um, you know, if you're listening to this and you just want to, maybe you don't know a lot of people. Or you want to get to know more people, or maybe some people you're like, "Hey, I'm in business and I want to meet some like-minded individuals." That group of people is second to none. I think they are just, just great, great, just like individual people. And it's funny is, I don't think any of us ever go there expecting to do anything business-wise. I literally think it's just like I want to go see my friends and hang out with them tonight. Um, so I think if if you start to come to it, you'll see that that everybody's super welcoming. You can talk to anybody there. They're they're all there with. Um, very just good vibes and, and good intentions and um, I think you're just going to make some good friends. So I encourage anybody, if you're listening, you don't have to be a business owner or a salesperson or whatever. We have people that are in education. We have people that are in health. We have people – I mean all these different people that are literally just making peer-to-peer -peer connections and I think they're all great. And if you guys can support that local organization, um, it is, I think, fun. I look forward to every event that is put on. So – um so yeah please check out adkyp uh they are on facebook and um, instagram check them out um and and if you can please come to our events every month uh, the other one is obviously one podcasting we talk about music i think the big one that we didn't really talk about we touched on your career oh not too much of college but i think the big one we didn't talk about which i don't want to talk about today because i want to leave this up because i think we will have a, a better podcast about this is our love of golf <laughs> which that, that's that's what we could go i mean launch I, that sucker in the spring i or, yeah or I, I think right right now we're uh we're a little rusty um i mean i, I know you've been taking a few cuts with it with the, with the clubs mm -hmm. in your in your uh probably other new hobby venture thing but i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll save that yeah. for another day yeah that'll be uh that'll be later on a little, but a little, a little teaser there the uh, indoor uh simulator type venture in yeah. the in the i'll call it the barn but you we the know barn, the, yeah but uh, I so we will talk about that again. I I, uh, I fully expect that you'll see a lot more of of Mr. Rondak in in the pro future episodes. We've uh, we we've got a few extra mics, um, so that should be fun. I think we're gonna have a probably a, a, a podcast with more than just me and Ryan. We'll probably have a few extra of our friends come on, which I think will be a good time. And we'll probably get in the golf at that point because uh, maybe we'll bring the golf team on. 
you guys have actually heard of all individual people on the golf team at least once in a podcast, but it'd be fun to get everybody together. Yep. We'll, yep. Do, th- we'll do that at some point. I think that'll be fun, so we can keep it. We the, can keep it to there, and that would be kind of a... The, the story of the tripod on the we, second we've hole touched, at the We've barracks. touched about that, but... Uh, that, that episode is, one? I, I, episode one of uh, well, the Galen no, Trombley no, show? No, we or, actually I, didn't bring it up with him. Episode two. Episode two, we brought episode it up. Episode two. Um, but I think it's Check one it that... Out. Somehow, um, Matt Craig, I think, gets into 90% of my podcast at some point in time. <laughs> he's, like the, he's like the unofficial... He's never been a repeat guest, but he's, he's like... the mascot. Somehow he he uh, and I always tell people too if there's something that kind of a, a joke we, we we love Matt great friend of the show good, all around great dude and uh, uh, basically one of one of the uh, my we've talked about podcasting on the side quite a bit um, you know just to help each other out and what what have you learned what have you learned what you know kind of tweaks here and there and uh, what's funny is not being a repeat guest but he's been on multiple 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 times and he's kind of one of those guys that he's like he was gonna be the backup today if you couldn't make it kind of deal (laughs) like matt's like in the wings and i think once we get on this like the whole tripod thing we've talked about it before but people may have not heard that episode so when this comes on and we actually have everybody there it'd be funny to see everybody's perspective because everybody had different thoughts when it happened i i think i was actually probably the most out of the three of us, the most welcoming of it in the sense yep. of like, that makes sense. And then, um, and then obviously, you, you and the GD pink ball. We, we Lose, talked about losing that. the pink ball. We, I remember we, <laughs> episode we two. About that with, episode two. Yeah, I think it was episode two. It was either Matt, Matt or May, but we we'll have all of them come on. I think that would be a good a good segue into uh, that. Would be a fun one. That would be a good group. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that'd be good. But um, I think we'll stop there because honestly, I'm getting hungry. And I'm sure, I'm sure you're probably doing the same. Yeah. So, um, actually, give yourself a plug. Where can people find you? Obviously, we'll, we will put this in the show notes, but, um, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, again, uh, business owner, business leader, uh, if you are questioning or considering your insurance needs for your business, uh, check me out. We are at uh, www.hbinsurance.com. Dot com, but uh, you can contact me easily uh, through uh, that website and our, our um, call-in service. But um, Hickok and Boardman Insurance, I love it. I'm nerding out on it, nerding out on it, and uh, absolutely loving that career choice. It's it's been phenomenal. Great company, and uh, our capabilities are are uh, are, are uh, unmatched. I feel. Um, maybe I'm a little biased, but we offer a lot. And so, um, depends on what your needs are. Uh, give us a call. Uh, if you're interested in Rondack chairs, a custom piece of furniture, or, uh, you know, you got a special need, uh, I'm exploring a lot of things. It's not just the Adirondack chair. Uh, we're making a lot of other little things too, just to keep things fresh. Uh, if you're interested in that, check us out, Rondack, R-O-N-D-A-C-K chairs and furniture uh on facebook or instagram perfect so uh again i want to thank ryan for coming on um i'm you you were one of the originals that i really wanted to have on the show so i'm glad we did but you guys will hear more of ryan i I always enjoy our time together um and a man a man of uh many mutual friends so i'm sure we'll have some (laughs) we'll have some good group podcasts in the future because i've actually found that as much as i like the one-on-ones the group podcasts are fun 
with yeah, multiple people. I'm sure they're a riot. Yeah, now we got we got some we're expanding. We got some better technology. Um, you can actually hear the headset, so I don't know if anybody if you don't watch the video, we now have I think that's still taping. If just a sec. Who knows? Who knows? We're still we're still moving. Um, all right. So all right. again, this okay. we do this we do this live. So there's a little glitch, but we're all good. I think you'll still see it. So uh, to kind of make my point is, if you can't watch us on the actual live, I say live feed, but on the feed or just listening to us, we now all have headsets, which I think was to me was a big deal because I always could hear what we're hearing because I always like was using like the Apple earbud, but this actually takes away has a little bit of um, uh, noise canceling capabilities, and it allows everybody to hear what I'm hearing so you can kind of realize if you're talking too loud or too quiet or too close to the mic or too far from the mic so um, I don't know if you've experienced that before obviously yeah with music yep. and stuff but absolutely it, it's it's it, beneficial it does help. yep yeah so um, so that's really cool so we are uh, trying to make this better every episode uh, the best we can but I, again I want to thank um, Mr. Rondak uh, Ryan Lee for joining me um, again Everything will be in the show notes. Please check them out. Please support the Rondak Chair and Furniture. Uh, he does some great work and um, all-around super guy, so you'd be supporting a real good person in the process. Um, so I think that's it. We will see you guys next time. So this is uh, episode 16 of the Galen Trombley Show. Sweet We're 16. Out. Thanks. Sweet 16. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.